2 Samuel 21 and 15, and I didn't set that up for, um, for April back there, but I'm going to read that to you. Um, 2 Samuel 21, 15 through 17 is where we were. And we talked about David, how he had been victorious over a giant. We oftentimes reflect on the giant, but the reality is as David had other giants in his life. There were other giants he had to face. And what you've got to realize is that you will have giants that you face in your life. And some probably are facing giants right now in your life. You could say, you know what, I'm facing something that seems big, seems strong, and it's got a spear. As Jephthah found out, sometimes giants have spears like weaver's beams. And it's not always easy. And so, so there are these lessons that we gathered from um, in, in, in David's life. And so one thing we talked about is giants have a way of coming back. You might be able to uh, defeat them one time, but the reality is, is that there are moments in your life where you will have hurts and pains and questions and temptations that will peek back in the door in a moment and look around and try to find a way to maybe just maneuver back into your life. And anybody who's ever faced anything and gone through it, you can, you can testify to that and say, you know what? There will be another moment in your life where this knocks at the door. It's going to happen. We also, we also discussed and we moved kind of through talking about temptation. We also, though, found out that we cannot live on um, past, uh, past accomplishments. You cannot live your life saying, well, I, I, I did it then, I defeated it then. I overcame it then. No, you have to realize, and I, and I believe this is about where we stopped, and there's a few more things we're going to talk about, but we, 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 we kind of had to, had, to, had to talk about the fact that David, when he would have gotten at this later on in life, he would have looked and he would have said, hang on a second, I've already fought. This is what I'm known for. This is one of the things that, that, that kind of elevated me in the moment where I was a shepherd and I showed up to feed my brothers. No one was fighting this thing, and I was caught in the battle out of necessity and out of looking around and saying to everybody else, is there not a cause? I've now got to face this again. David could have had that approach, but, but I, I believe he looked at this and he knew that although he's had this already victory in his life, he had to find a way to have a right now victory in his life. And just because you overcame it back then does not mean that that. Let me just say it this way. A pop-up on your screen might not happen again. In that moment, it's a giant. In that moment, things you've you got to make a decision right now. I've got to be victorious over some of these things. And, 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 and we've got we've to watch over it. But David's victory of Goliath did him no good when he faced this giant, Ishbibadab. And I'm not sure if I'm saying that right. I think I pronounced it different than I did all last week. But I'm doing my best to make sure everyone's pronunciations are uh, represented well. Uh, <clears throat> But, but again, he probably looked back and said, do you not remember who I am? I defeated this before. Yeah. Saw his thousands, David has said, this is who I am. I'm the guy, so why would you come and be? But the reality is that Ishbi Banab was not interested in the past. He wanted to see what David could do in the present. Let me just tell you real fast. I just want to, want to pause one more time. 
It does not matter what stock you come from. It does not matter what last name you have. It does not matter if you, if you can say, you know what, your grandparents helped build the campground in Redfield or if you're brand new in this. It doesn't matter if you're fifth generation or you're five days into it. It does not matter. Giants are going to knock on the door. And so because grandma had her song does not mean you're going to have your victory. It doesn't mean it. That's why you have to have your right now victory. David's reputation meant nothing. Meant nothing. And let me just tell you real fast, the enemy, the devil who is like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour, he's not impressed with your reputation. As a matter of fact, the way he sees it is the bigger they are, the harder they fall. And so we've got we've to be aware of the tactics of the enemy. And so, so you've you got you to take a moment in your life to focus in on that I don't get a pass because of who I am, because of what I face, because of what I've overcome. And, 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 and so, so we may, you know, you might say in, in your life, you know what, I'm, 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 I've made good decisions. I found, I found someone good. I've established a good family. I've, I've, I feel like I'm doing the right things. And, and, and I, 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 I want to do right, but at least I did this right and nothing else. I know we don't have everything right, but at least I, I married the right person or I've got, I'm surrounded by the right people. Let me tell you real fast. If that's what you stake your life upon, the devil will try his best to knock something loose, to come in and tempt something, some way to break it apart. So I've got to be aware of the, the, the tactics of the enemy, and I've got to go back to this, this thinking in my mind. It does not matter what I've already defeated. I've got to have a right now victory in my life. I've got to have it right now. We may have won a great victory in, in, in quitting some bad habits. But the reality is that the enemy thinks he can pull us back into it. 1 Peter 2 and 11 says, Dearly beloved, I beseech you as strangers and pilgrims, abstain from uh, fleshly lusts, which war against the soul. What he's saying is, don't be confused and think that just because you overcame some stuff, that you now can dance with the enemy. Now you can think you can be around certain things. It's saying to us that we've got to be aware. We've got to constantly be aware, and we've got to abstain from things. And, and I've, got to, I've got to keep my mind vigilant in, in, in these things. And we may have won a victory in finding a good, a good church to believe with and to, to walk with and, 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 and to, to, to go through life with. And, and we want to do these very things. But... The enemy thinks he can cause ill will between the brethren. Listen to this scripture, Galatians 5, 14 and 15. For all the law is fulfilled in one word, even in this, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Let me take a moment to talk to you just for a second. Who is your neighbor? Not the person that has the address that sounds like yours except for the last letter. No, the person that is your neighbor is those people that you touch throughout your life in your day daily living. There is a commandment that goes beyond your tastes, your preferences. You hear me right now? There's a commandment that David, I've even if you make me so mad, I've got to love you. And there are days even in your relationship with that person that you love so very much, you've got to realize that even they they drive me crazy and they smack their gum like it owes them money. I still got to love them. 
I still got to love them. And I know these are playful things, but let me talk to you for a moment. This talks to us and speaks to us and tells us that thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. But if he bite and devour one another, this It's not me talking. I'm just reading the word. If you bite and devour one another, take heed that you be not consumed one of another. Oh, Sister Sheila thinks she's so good at making those cakes, but I can make better cakes. I can't help but just be playful there because that's the, the weirdest statement I've ever made in my life. But I've got to be careful. It's not, that, it's, not, it's not suggested. It doesn't read like this. If you can find it in yourself to get it your way, then be happy. But if it's not your way, don't be happy. Just, just put up with them. Just tolerate them. No, it doesn't say that. It talks about loving your neighbor as thyself. I've got to be careful. Now, let me just go a little step farther. It doesn't say love thy neighbor that looks like you as thyself. Love thy neighbor that lives in your neighborhood as thyself. Love thy neighbor that we can go on and on, can't we? Who is, who is my neighbor? The neighbor is the person I walk by in the Walmart shopping line. That It's the person that I... That I that I'm moving out of life with, the person that I, that I drop my kids off and I see every day in the same drop-off line. It's the person that when I, when, I, when I go to the small engine repair shop, I don't know why that's in my mind, maybe because i got to get something fixed, but when I go there and I see somebody there, that's, that's my neighbor. But who else is my neighbor? My neighbor is the person that I'm sitting five or six pews from right now. The neighbor is somebody that I'm sitting with right here, right now. That's my neighbor. And I'm not talking about anything that I've made up or anything that I came to say, hey, I get to tout this tonight. No, I'm just talking about the word of, of word of God. And so if you have a problem with loving your neighbor, you have a problem with God's way, not my way. It's a giant. It's a giant in your life. Just say this to you right, real fast. If you do not like somebody because of the tone of their skin, then there's a giant in your life. There's a giant. Just say to you real fast, there's a giant that you've got to deal with. Let me just say this to you real fast. If you don't like someone because of the way they vote, you got a little hesitation there. You've got to be careful. You've got to be careful. Be careful. So I've got I've to watch this closely. Satan is not even sort of, not remotely interested in our reputations. Not at all. It did not stop him from attacking the Pharisees and the Sadducees in Matthew 23. They had the reputation, but the devil got them anyway. It did not stop him from getting Demas in 2 Timothy 4.11 and Diotrophes. And, 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 and you may, may not, it may not uh, uh, be something you think can come at you because you've, 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 you've worked hard. You've, you've been here for years. You've done all the things for years. You've gone to the stuff. You've, you've done it all right. And, and, and you think, well, I'm godly or I'm an elder or I'm a preacher or, 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 or I, I study the word of God or, or I'm just a good old 
God-loving person, but the reputation will not keep the devil from coming near us. If anything, that will increase his temptations because if we fall, it's a greater victory for him. 1 Corinthians 10 and 12 says, Wherefore, let him that thinketh he standeth take heed lest he fall. What that means is that I think I'm standing, but I must look around constantly. I feel as if I'm strong, but I must be, be, be aware of all those things that are around me and not just think that I get a pass because I know how to clap and I know how to sing. I've got to watch. I've got to look at all the things that are near and around in and out of the church. I've got to be aware of all of these things and I've got to make sure that I don't fall. One cannot live on past accomplishments, but we can defeat the devil on a daily basis. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil. And I've got good news. He will flee from you. If you say not a chance, he realizes the door's closed and there's no reason why I should stay here. Guess what he's going to do? He's going to find someone who doesn't love their neighbor. He's going to find somebody with racism in their heart. He's going to find somebody who's bickering and backbiting, who can't stand the things that they are. I've got no time for that. But the devil feasts on that. The devil loves that. So if you hear knocking at your door, it's probably because you don't have the love that you need to have for those that are around you. We learn some very important things in this text. We learn some very important things. We find that, that, that David had to go through some stages in life. He had to go through some awareness in life. He had to, most importantly, he, he, had to, he had to be flexible. He had to learn how to maneuver through things. If you're not flexible, you're going to break. But if you go through life and you've got a little flexibility, then guess what? You can maneuver through some, through some, some things. And, and it's important that we live that way, but on top of what we've already mentioned, we, we, we learn here that David has, has taught us in this text that we all need help sometimes. Everybody. I'll be the first one to say, that, uh, that's me. I'll be honest with you. There's a lot happening right now. There's a lot going on right now. And there are days when at the end of the day, I look at her and say, I don't know how, how this is one more day in this long strand of days, but not set down, not taking a break. And the reality is it's not just me, it's you too. Our, our schedules are busy. Our, our lives are, are ongoing. And, and the reality that we, we face is, is in front of each and every one of us that life has gotten busy. And, and we all at times need help. Here was David, the hero of this Goliath battle, face down in the dirt. Maybe his soldiers wondered, should we help him? Maybe they wondered, is he going to be embarrassed if we stepped in? Uh, what, what should we do? Uh, um, he, might, he, might, he might not take it well because he's David, but, but the reality is, is David was ready to help. 
he was ready. I mean, David, uh, uh, he was ready for some help. I'm sorry. He was ready for someone to step in and to offer a little bit of help in, in this moment that he was living where things were different. Now it happened. This is uh, 2 Samuel 21 and 18. Now it happened afterward that there was again a battle with the Philistines at Gob, 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 whatever it is. Then Sebekai, the Hushanite, killed Saph, who was one of the sons of the giant. Again, there was a war at, at, at Gob with the Philistines where uh, Elhanan, the son of Jerajim, the Bethlehemite killed the brother of Goliath and the Gittite, the shaft of whose spear was like a weaver's beam. Yet again, there was a war, and it goes on and it goes on. And we find that here in this moment, David's nephew stepped in. Abishai had proved to be headstrong and fiery in the youth, and, and he had this, this zeal about him. And David not, had, had not always agreed with all that he did, but we find that Abishai, with all his faults, was the one that God used to save the king's life. Here's what ought to make you a little angry, um, angrily happy in the Holy Ghost. It might be the very person that you get tired of the most that's going to step in a moment and bring poetic justice to this moment where you need it. It might be the one that you cannot live with or exist with that's going to step in and bring an answer to the prayers you've been praying in the background. Doesn't that just seem like it's kind of God's way? God uses the one that seems he can't talk to speak to a generation. God uses the one who can't have a child to be the father and the mother of many generations. God takes a trail right through a body of water to save his people from years and years of a desert. It's how God God works. He may not use the one that makes sense, but he'll step in and use the one that makes no sense. So he does this right here. David was fortunate enough to have someone there when he needed help. The reality is we all need help sometimes. Everyone, everyone needs help sometimes. Even the great lawgiver and, 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 and leader Moses needed Aaron and her to hold up his arms. And we, we, we could read that text, but for time I won't. But here he's, his arms were weary and he needed someone to step in and, and hold those arms. And why, why do we have this, this example? It's, it, it's, it's, it's given us this very, very example to help us understand and reestablish the reality that everyone needs help. Sometimes, even Moses. It's also there to help us understand that we ought to, at times, hold up the hands of our neighbors, those near to us. Hold up the hands of those that we, we get to do life with. Our common interests of, of of making it to the other side and building up the church and saving souls and reaching people together. Um, they, they, they have this tight bond that is formed often. But you and I must realize that as we form this tight bond, we cannot miss the opportunity to reach out to somebody and express genuine concern for their state of their moment and, and where they're at in their current place of life. There's a lot going on right now in the world. There's a lot going on, and I've not... Uh, I know my, my father mentioned it the other day before, uh, before first word. There's a lot happening right now. Obviously, the, the, you know, Gaza's going through a, a, a horrible, horrible attack. They're, they're flying in in paragliders. Um, uh, there's lots of 
talk about what all is going on. Obviously, there was a meeting with Palestine and China six months ago, and there's been all kinds of things that have kind of set us up. I'm not trying to get all political on everybody. What I am talking about is that Israel is losing uh, their, their, their children and, and women are being attacked, and terrorists have come in, crossing the border, and, and, and it's, it's a horrible, horrible thing that we're looking at from afar. But let me tell you right now that there's a lot of emotion and fear that have set in our people and right here at home because of this. And so you and I cannot be um, um, harsh or cold towards anything someone's feeling, even the other day, and I, I wouldn't say if she was here, Eva came in the other day, and she said, she just simply said to me, I'm scared. I said, what are you scared about? She said, all the stuff happening in Israel. And I, I kind of said, baby, it's, it's okay. It's not going to affect us. And then I realized, wait, this is affecting us because you walked in and said, I'm scared. And so we've got to be aware of the feelings and the emotions of those that are around us. And we have to find a way. It is our job to find a way to help navigate somebody through that. But also you must know that every, every moment like this gives us an opportunity to be the church to somebody and help speak a word to somebody and say, listen, all this will pass away someday anyways. All this will pass away. Let's pray for them, but let's also make sure our hearts are Our minds are right. That what we are needing to do is right. Make sure we have it together. We've got to know that as Galatians 6 and 2 says, Bear ye one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. Hebrews 13 and 1 says, Let brotherly love continue. Notice what's happening here. This is speaking about if someone's down, someone's going through a fight, someone's dealing with something that they can't deal with right now, then you and I ought to be quick to say, You know what? I thank God today. I'm carrying a sword. I thank God today I've got a sling and a stone. I thank God when you can't get up, I'll help you up. When you can't make it, I'm going to help you make it. When you seem like you're going through a trial, I've got the ability to say, we're going to get through this together. Everybody needs help sometimes. So we can't neglect the fact that our neighbor needs us. The other thing, and the final point tonight, and I'll hurry to it, but the other thing we got to realize is our roles sometimes change. David, the great warrior, known for the battle, known for the fight, known for the, the great moment among many, many moments, had to learn that some days my role changes. When David's men saw that he had almost been killed, they made him a promise, sorry, they made him promise not to engage in battle anymore. And here's why. They said, lest he should quench the light of Israel. David was no longer the mighty warrior he once was, and they feared uh, they feared for his life. They, 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 they were stating something. It's not that you're not good at fighting anymore. They were more saying that we value who you are more off the field than who you are on the field at this stage. Here, here, here's what I want you to get. They could do without David as a soldier, but they could not continue without his leadership. His role, it changed. Let me tell you real fast, 
There may be a time when everyone in this room, your role might change. Let me just, let me just, let me just tell you real fast. Not all of us are going to be here forever. Can I, can I talk to it for a moment? We're not all going to be here forever. We're not always going to, uh, this isn't where we call time out and life just moves on. No, this is not how that works. Let me just speak about just somebody, for example, I grew up with Jeremy. Jeremy and I hung out a little bit growing up. I was usually the, the young one around the group, and I was usually the one that they were like, hey, get away, you're bothering us. And, but however, I grew up with him. He was a, a, a great friend growing up. He was a, a, a great example. And then Jeremy was also a great example to somebody that says, you know what? I got back up. Can I say that all right? I got back up. Jeremy's no longer that guy that I can say he's just a great friend and a great example. No, here's the thing I want you to get. Our roles change sometimes. Jeremy is no longer just that guy. Jeremy is a pillar of this church. <clears throat> he's a pillar of this church. Why? Because there have, some been, there have been some pillars of this church that the Lord has said, you know what, I need them to come home. Thank God that our roles change and we don't say, well, we just don't have any pillars anymore. Thank God that there's some good men and good women that step in and say, well, the Lord has called me to a place where I can lead and I can help and I can show support and I can be a prayer warrior and I can do this and I can do that. I don't want to call her out at all, but I talked just to the day briefly to a, a, a kind, I'll just leave it nameless, a kind lady in this church. She called me on Monday and she said, hey, I'm not able to do all I was able to do because of some things I've got going on. I used to like to run here and run there, but I need some help. I know if I'm going to be here at the house, I can spend some time in prayer. So she said, could you give me some names of some people? And for 30 minutes, we listed off people. And at the end of it, I believe there were 56 or so names of people that came in the church in the last 12 months. Now, let me just, if I had told you 24 months ago, there's going to be 56 new people coming to our church on a regular basis, you would have said, oh, no. But since we've now lived it, we're like, all right. Let me tell you real fast. We were even missing some. That person's in the room. I can get the list. We were blown away. But here's what they said. I used to like doing this and doing that and doing that and doing this. I can't do it all anymore. So here's what I can do. Her words. My role has changed a little bit. So I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray every day. God touch these people. God help these people. Let me tell you something real fast. Sometimes your role, your role changes. But we, we, it doesn't mean you quit. It doesn't mean you give up. It doesn't mean you sit off on the side and say, well, ain't nothing for me to do anymore. No, it means that your role has changed. There's something still for you to do. There's, some, there's, a, place, there's a place still for you. There's a place still for you. There's a place still for you. 
And so David had to realize that. David had to realize that I'm still needed. I've just got to put the sword away and I've got to do this. Why? Because the reality was if they didn't step in, he was not going to make it and they needed David. Let me tell everyone who feels a little unsettled by some of the new. Let me just stop and hit it head on. I know some things have changed, but we need you to still love your neighbor and we need you to still adopt a new role in your life and know that it's not okay for you to walk away and say, well, I give up. No, we need you. We need you. But the sooner you figure it out, it's better for you. What does that mean? I'm not saying get out of the way. I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that. But I am saying we need you. We need you desperately. We need you bad. We can't do it without you. If you'll reflect back to your busiest time, it was probably in the season of those that seem like they're in their busiest time right now. There's got to come a day when you got to say, you know what, it's time for me to pass this sword to somebody else. And me to stand off in the distance and help support and love and nurture a revival that's coming. But let me think, let me think that one person this week, and I know there's others too. I'm not singling out anybody. Let me think that one person, especially though, that led, led and 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 started off this week at a 8:30 a.m. phone call or whatever it was, and said, I don't have the ability to do all the things I used to do. But one thing I know I can do. Every day I can pray for all these people. She said, what an amazing problem we're having. I can't keep up with all these people. The reality is is that we need you. We have to have you. And we can't do it. We can't do it without you. I'm hurrying here. With ancient, with the ancient wisdom uh, is wisdom. And in length of days, understanding, Job 2 and 12. Proverbs 16 and 31, I'm coming to a close. Um, let me read Psalm 92 and 12 through 15, actually. The righteous shall flourish like a palm tree. He shall grow like a cedar in Lebanon. Those that be planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. They shall still bring forth fruit in old age. That shall be fat and flourishing to show that the Lord is upright. He is my rock and there is no unrighteousness in him. We have to find other ways at times to be be of service. Not long ago, there was a study done, and I'm, I promise I'm coming to a close right now. There was a study done. Um, it was made of 400 outstanding achievers. It was found that people, and hear me right now, people between the ages of 60 and 70 produce 35% of the world's great achievements 
and people between 70 and 80 produce 23%. This means that 54% of the world's great achievements were accomplished by people after they had celebrated their 60th birthday. If you think what I'm saying is get out of the way, then you're very, very wrong. It's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying, if the sword's heavy, then let somebody else carry the sword. But we still need you. I know that might be confused right now, but if it's confused, it's because you're not hearing it right. Not because I'm not saying it right. That's just the reality. Whatever we do, we should do it heartily unto the Lord and not unto men. Colossians 3 and 23. I want to give it everything I've got. Everything I've got, I want to do the best I can unto the Lord. God smiled. I'm hurrying up. This is my last statement I want to make. God smiled on those behind the scenes who were not recognized and whose names never made it to the Holy Writ just as he did on others. Maybe maybe your role right now is to be in the limelight. Maybe your role was to be in the limelight, whatever the case may be. But here's what I want to say to you. Wherever you are, stay humble, work hard, and follow after him. Is that okay? Is that okay? I don't want anybody or any generation to feel singled out, but I do want to tell you that we love the Lord, we believe this doctrine. We believe everything you taught us in Sunday school, and I can say that 100%. Every service I walk in and I don't see Sister Debbie here, I pray for Sister Debbie constantly. I'm praying that God touches her and heals her, and she might be watching at home. Sister Debbie was my Sunday school teacher down in the basement of the old church. She spent time with those felt papers. David, we sat by each other. She spent time with those felt little crafts, and we would she'd talk about the stories of the Bible, and we believed them then, and guess what? We believe them now. Some of you might forget, my wife and I were youth pastors in Houston, Texas, when a church took a turn in a different direction, and we said, you know what? It was nice making the money we were making. I'll be honest with you. We were making decent money back then. It was nice making the money, but here's what we said. We said, no, this is not truth. This is not what we grew up believing. This is not where we want to go. We packed up our bags pretty much overnight, told them we love you. We're going to get out of your way, and we left and went on back home. Let me tell you real fast. We love this truth. There's nothing like this truth. There's nothing like it. There's nothing like it. But all I'm telling you right now is we're going into battle. We're going into the battle, and we still need you. We still need you. Sometimes roles change, but we still need you. Amen. Would you stand to your feet right now? In Jesus' name, God, I'm asking you to help us. I'm asking you to lead us. I'm asking you to guide us. I'm asking you, God, to give us wisdom and give us love, God. Give us love that overtakes any other emotion we have, God. I pray, Lord, help us turn our lives fully around, God, because of the love that we have for our neighbor, Lord. Those in and those out of the church, God, I pray, help us to love. Help us to love. Help us to love. Help us to love, Lord. The greatest, the greatest thing we can do is love. The greatest thing we can possess is love, God. Let us love. I pray it. 
I'm asking it. In Jesus' name, let us love what you're calling us to do more than we love. Our our, our current state, our current mindset, our current position, whatever it is, help us, God, I pray. Help us, Lord, and help us, Lord, to defeat every giant that might come the way. Come, uh, come our way, God, I pray. Help us to, to, to face it, Lord. Help us to overcome it and help us to slay it. In Jesus' name we pray. In Jesus' name I pray it. Would you just close your eyes for a moment and reach out to him? I'm not going to take another minute here. But I wish you'd just pray whatever you feel to pray right now and say, God, I need you.